From the Pulliam Center for Contemporary Media at DePaul University, I'm JNP, and this is Modern Media. I think when a lot of people think of ESPN, they think of television. But we are a multimedia company. We really are in every space where our fans want to consume us. We just need to help people know that. And we have to help make sure that we don't take our eye off the ball, which is content. The reason why people come to ESPN is because of our content. My guest today is Jill Fredrickson. Jill is a vice president in charge of editorial operations at ESPN. Jill Fredrickson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I want to start by asking you a question about your own path um, from being a philosophy major uh, and um, then going on to work in broadcast television and then cable television. Can you tell me a little bit about how you, how your education and how you made that move? Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's hap- I'm very happy to be back here at DePaul. It's great to be on campus, and it's beautiful to see everything that's changed. It's been a while since I've been back, but it feels like it was just yesterday in a way. Um, I spent a lot of time in Asbury, and you know, taking all my philosophy and religion classes. But um, I started out. I I knew that I wanted to have some sort of um, career in auto racing at the time when I was um, coming into college because when I was about 14 my mom took me to the Indianapolis 500 and I just fell in love with auto racing. Uh, The spectacle, the smell, just the excitement and I thought you know I want to do this. Um, I sort of thought I wanted to be a driver but I'm not very risky. So um, (laughs) so I thought well I'm gonna go to college and I'm going to enjoy my academic career but I'm always going to have another eye on what I want to do in auto racing. And so I don't think I really realized how well they were complementary until later. But um, I spent a lot of time here. I was a, I was a communications minor. Okay. Um, I was a philosophy and religion major. But I also used my winter terms, and I used my summers to get practical experience in various types of um industries about auto racing so um and i think it's important to get that practical experience Um, and then here i think i learned just how to communicate how to um you know such small classes and it's so intimate and so many discussion-based things that it really makes you listen makes you think about having a point of view articulating that point of view pivoting when you hear other information and being able to communicate effectively with others um, either in a paper or in class or or whatever and so i think that's been really valuable to me as as a producer where i focused on producing um, live racing and even other live sports which is what i did after i graduated i worked for a small production company in indianapolis that produced a lot of live programming for ESPN at the time and other uh, networks, but predominantly ESPN. And, you know, as a producer, it's your job to communicate. Here's what I need. I need a graphic. I want my director to go shoot this, talk in the talent's ear about here's where we want to go. And you have an overall philosophy for for a race or a broadcast, and, and you articulate that philosophy, and you want everyone else to, to do their part as part of the team to support that. And But you're driving the train, and you're making sure that you're staying on the tracks, and you're doing um, your, everything you're doing is based on this philosophy. Otherwise, it's just all over the place. So I feel like that overall philosophy and the ability to communicate to others really helped me when I was in the truck. And you have to make immediate decisions. And so um, 
So I think I was just prepared for that. My DePauw experience prepared me for that. And then I and I took different internships to help me learn whether I liked, you know, local sports or whether I liked um, a production company or whether I liked live sports or whether I liked, you know, actually like the, the management of auto racing. And, and through those experiences, I ended up getting a job at Lingner Group Productions right out of school in Indianapolis. And that got me really um, entrenched with ESPN at a very early age. That's great. So, you know, it, it, as somebody who teaches in the comm department and teaches media studies and has worked in the industry, um, a lot of people think that the path to the industry is you go to a school that is a training ground for the industry, you study that, and then you make your connections and you go out. And it sounds like actually you're talking about a very different um, set of set of skills that really allowed you to kind of succeed. You can gain, it sounds like you can gain the skills technical skills you need but what you really need are the communication skills and the broad range of sort of ways of seeing the world that you got here is that accurate yeah i think so i mean i think that the broad range of skills that you you learn here um you know i know a lot of people who are really talented producers but they're not great communicators and that holds them back Mm -hmm. and i think that especially when you um when you move into a management role that i've been in ever since i um went to ESPN and became part of the ESPN, um, an ESPN employee, not through um, a production company, but when I was staff at ESPN and moved to Connecticut in 2003, I've learned that you have to be an effective leader and you have to help communicate with others and get people to want to follow you and to understand your philosophies and and, and what your goals are and to give effective feedback. Um, So all of those things help you grow. And also I think there's a curiosity here at DePauw where you're constantly asking why or learning something new and um, every opportunity is an opportunity to learn and I think when you want to learn those things um, it teaches you I I started off in auto racing well now I've learned how to do studio production and journalism and so I've been able to um, be more versatile and a better employee for ESPN because I can do different things and I can be versatile and I can be curious and I can learn and I can um, and I can then turn that around and help give back to the rest of the company. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to our conversation with Jill Fredrickson. Remember DePaul, highlighting some of our important history and extraordinary alumni. Bill Rasmussen, founder of ESPN, graduated from DePaul University in 1954. He began his pursuit of the ESPN dream with his son, Scott, a DePaul graduate of 1986. The idea of a 24-hour sports broadcast was thought to be absurd and turned down by many. This is Bill talking about most people's reaction to his idea. Everyone said, who's going to watch 24-hour sports? Who's going to watch sports 24 hours? Well, no one, obviously. They didn't get the idea. Despite all of the doubters, within only 14 months, ESPN became a reality. Bill is often referred to as the father of cable sports. And this is what Chris Berman, a current ESPN analyst, had to say about him. His ideas, yes, his enthusiasm, his fierce determination and belief in success changed the way we all watch television and the way we watch sports today. Today, with a global presence in more than 200 countries and over 100 million television households, ESPN has indeed turned skeptics into believers. And this is all thanks to DePaul graduate Bill Rasmussen. Welcome back to the podcast. We're here with Jill Fredrickson. I want to switch gears because I, I, I know we're kind of on a short time length here, but um, 
So switching gears to ESPN and companies like ESPN, so major media companies, we are currently in an undeniable state of transition across the entire media industries. How does a company like ESPN or something something that big start to imagine how to um, how to address the changes that are coming? Um, is it is it like turning the Titanic, or is it uh, how nimble can you be at ESPN to address what's coming? Well, I think when a lot of people think of ESPN, they think of television. Yeah. But we are a multimedia company. I mean, yes, we have a number. I think we have eight domestic television networks. We have 26 international um, networks. We also have a major digital platform. ESPN.com is, you know, is incredibly... um, popular with fans. We have an app. We have, you know, a national radio uh, network. We have social feeds. We have alerts. We have so many ways. We really are in every space where our fans can want to consume us. Mm -hmm. We just need to help people know that. And we have to help make sure that we don't take our eye off the ball, which is content. The reason why people come to ESPN is because of our content. Mm -hmm. That is our bread and butter. We say at ESPN all the time, content is king. And and as long as we are producing the most informative shows, we're we're helping to break news. But even when we don't break the news, we still want to be that destination where people come to hear why. Mm -hmm. Give it context. Um, Anybody can tell you what happened, but we want to be able to tell you why it happened. What does this mean? We have amazing 30 for 30s. We just won our first Oscar for the OJ documentary, which was a momentous occasion for ESPN. So we're in lots of, we have a magazine. We still have a print magazine. Um, So we we just want to make sure that we're telling the best stories um, about sports that resonate with people that our fans want to hear. Our mission statement at ESPN is to serve sports fans anytime, anywhere. It's on the outside of one of our uh, newest buildings at ESPN. I I get inspired by it every day when I drive to work. And um, and whenever we have those real important questions or we're not sure where to go, we have a fork in the road or something, we kind of go back to that. And okay, is what we're doing really helping us focus on our mission? And if it is, then we figure it out. Um, and we've got really smart people figuring out how to distribute our content in the most effective way to fans today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really believe that as long as we focus on making sure that our content is the best that we can possibly um, have and that people need it and want it, um, you know, we'll figure the rest of it out. You know, and that's really, I, I really liked your point. Um, one of the, th- about content especially, obviously, because there's all sorts of bells and whistles out there. Everybody can, you know, have a shiny new object. But for me, I'm 50 years old. I grew up with ESPN, right? So it started when I was, you know, aware enough to know, like, this is kind of cool. Um, and I was in San Diego, and we were early cable adopters, so it was there. And um, I've developed a relationship with ESPN over the years. And so there's lots of sports networks out there, but ESPN is the one for me, and I think for a lot of people, that we've developed a relationship with over time. And so it's a lot more about, it's not about whether or not it's on this platform or that platform for me. It's just the fact that ESPN is something I know I can trust. And um, it's, it, it seems like that's, to me, how the contemporary media industries are going to work in a lot of ways is that can you establish relationships with your audience? You're gonna, they're going to have to find you, 
but can you establish a relationship? And ESPN, it seems to me, anyway, in my experience, has really been out in front of that because I, I, it's that brand for me mm-hmm. that I know if I'm, if I'm awake at 2 in the morning, I'm going to turn on ESPN. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Forbes, I think according to Forbes, we're the number one sports brand in the world. Um, so we take that very seriously because we have equity. Um, but we've also got we're only as good as our credibility. And so, you know, we deal with that in the news organization that I manage where, you know, we want to be right more than we want to be first. And that's important because there's a lot of information out there in lots of various ways and may or may not be as accurate as we want it to be. But we want people to believe that when they come to ESPN, it's true, Mm -hmm. it's credible, and you can trust us. And so, Everything we do, whether it's news or whether it's you know covering a game, we want you to be able to trust that we're giving you the best information that we have, and that we've thought about it, and we've this is why, and we think it's important that you know, and this is where you need to come, and 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 we have lots of information for lots of different types of people. Some people will like you know more of the talk shows where you hear a lot of opinion and debate. Some people really like radio where it's a little looser. Some people like you know Sports Center where it's like give me the context of why this is important. And a little bit more of the X's and O's. And other people really like just the great storytelling that we have on either E60 or Outside the Lines or 30 for 30. So I feel like, you know, we've got a lot of different sub-brands within ESPN, but they all really focus on two major things, which is being credible and serving the sports fan with what we know that they want. And so I feel like if we stay true to that, um, then, you know, we're going to be successful. Well, Jill Fredrickson, thank you for talking to me today. Thank you. It's been lovely. And that'll do it for another edition of Modern Media. Modern Media is a production of the Polium Center for Contemporary Media at DePauw University. To find out more about our podcast, you can visit our website, www.modernmediapodcast.org. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Modern Media. Modern Media.